Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today, we're very excited to have Julie Kelly as our guest. Julie is one of the most popular conservative columnists in America right now. In fact, her columns are always high on the list of columns that are read in our First Right newsletter. We keep track of this stuff and we know for sure, and she does a great job. And she's also the author of a brand new book, Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. So Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me and thanks for all your support with your pack and always linking my articles. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Well, they're very good. Uh, so happy to uh, have you on today and happy to do that. So uh, before we get going, why don't you just talk us through, you know, your background, how you got to where you are. And, you know, you're definitely uh, not one of those swampy folks that uh, we try to avoid. Uh, you had a different route. It's always interesting to hear people's backgrounds. So why don't you just uh, talk us through that real quick? Well, what's interesting is how I connected with you is through Dan Curry. I've known Dan for years, maybe two decades or so. Um, so my background is really in DuPage politics. I started working in politics. I grew up in Naperville, and um, I was a precinct committeeman for Lyle Township. And I worked for various DuPage County officials, including Chris Lawson when he was first elected as state senator. I worked for DuPage County Board Chairman Gail Franzen. I worked for uh, as a consultant for DuPage County Board Chairman Dan Cronin. So I have quite an extensive, no, I wouldn't say extensive, but uh, that's really where my background is. (laughs) That's really where my background is, kind of where my political heart lies in in DuPage County. So that's, that was really my background and uh, why I just keep an interest in politics. Yeah, yeah, sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, you know, the the genesis of the whole thing. So what really prompted you to to get going on the book and, and get it finished? Uh, and you actually finished it, unlike uh, a former president who's going to take forever to do his uh, book. But uh, so what what got going? What, what got you started on all this? That's a great question. I, I really kind of fell into writing. Well, when I was working in politics, I was doing I was in PR and press secretary. So I did a lot of writing, but it was for other under other people's names. So this is was an opportunity for me to finally write for myself. But after I, I took about a 10 or 12 year break to be a stay at home mom, um, and I started teaching cooking classes out of my home. And that kind of got me interested in food policy and agriculture policy. So I started writing about that for National Review, The Federalist, some other outlets. And then that's how I started writing about politics. And I was um, hired by, I was freelancing mostly for a few years and then hired full time by American Greatness, which is a new website. It's probably been around about three years, but that's where I'm writing now. And that's the, uh, that's what you see all this stuff happen and you're thinking, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta dig into this. And I, I think that one of the things that I'm always trying to figure out, it's almost like a psychology thing. So why is it that you think that these folks who are so-called conservatives were so resistant that they couldn't even get to the place, you know, our guy had won. They can't even get to the place where they start to support him at, at that point. What, what do you think was going on there? Well, I think it was a few things. So I saw your illustrations there from the book. Thanks for putting that up. Um, I think it is a few things. So if you look at someone like Bill Kristol, who was the editor of the Weekly Standard, he's been opposed to Donald Trump for about five years he opposed him in the primary and the general election. There he is. There's our guy. Um, and so, but 
a lot of these people, it's kind of a way for them to stay relevant in the political scene as kind of portraying themselves as the conservative or Republican opposed to Donald Trump. And what they're paid to do now is give a false impression that there are a lot of conservatives and Republicans opposed to the president, which, of course, we know is not true. Right. Um, but that's how they keep their shtick at The Washington Post or on MSNBC. And as I detail in my book, a lot of their funding comes from the left, not from the right. And uh, so that's what I expose in my book. Yeah. And I think that that uh, that point you make about the purity test, that they obviously are failing, because if they're going to take a bunch of money from this liberal guy, the name escapes me, the guy, the eBay guy, and they start taking all this money to do what they're doing. I mean, were you ever really a conservative to begin with? I mean, it to, to me, it, all this time with Trump and everything that's happened over the last really, you know, I got into politics heavy in 2013 when I ran. But to watch it all uh, transpire here to this place, like, well, were you ever really a conservative? Were you really in a freedom? Were you re are you just kind of like one of those, I like Washington, D.C.? You're almost like an establishment politician. All you're thinking about is your next election. These guys are just thinking about their next, you know, source of income, obviously. And that's really a great point. And that is true. So you look at someone like Bill Kristol, who's been in Washington politics for 30 years. He was Dan Quayle's chief of staff. Um, but then there are others who uh, follow his lead. So as I go through in my book, people like Jennifer Rubin and Max Boot, who are columnists at the Washington Post, um, Jonah Goldberg and David French, who people are probably familiar with, uh, who, were cons who were writers at National Review, they've started their own outlet now called The Dispatch. And then we have people, unfortunately, uh, two former <laughs> presidential, Republican presidential candidates, the late John McCain, who is probably the leading never-Trumper on Capitol Hill for Trump's first two years in office, now being succeeded by Mitt Romney, the junior senator from Utah. And that's why I really talk about why it's a betrayal to a lot of us. The idea that Mitt Romney only but throws punches at Donald Trump and Republicans while sparing no criticism of the left or Democrats. I mean, we just saw him uh, participate in a Black Lives Matter march, yeah, which it? the funny thing right. is, these are the same people who called him a racist when he was running for office. And right. now he's, you know, arm in arm with them. It's unbelievable. I know. And I, I think that that to me, when I think about especially these politicians who call themselves Republicans and conservatives, when they just overtly work against, you know, our guy, I'm thinking, what what are you? And I, I remember my first experience with it. Um, it was with an Illinois congressman and this is during general election, you know, and I'm, I'm with you. I I voted for somebody else in the primary, but Trump was my number two guy. And then I'm like, OK, I'm all in. Let's make it happen. And uh, I'm listening to a congressman basically during the general running him down. I'm thinking, aren't you just helping Hillary? What, what are you doing? And that's what I really appreciate what you've done here, too, with putting people on record so that we don't ever forget, because these people, whatever they say going forward, that's a real indication of who they are, uh, you know, in their heart about things in terms of where they are with conservatism. If they're not going to if they're not going to get to a general election and support the Republican candidate, who, by the way, was conservative. Everybody's like, oh, Trump's never going to do all the things he said he's going to do in the campaign. Well, guess what? He sure did. And even now they're still so they got no excuse anymore. So I just was kind of reminiscing about my first experience with this whole never Trumper thing. I just was blown away by it. And even these these professional politicians doing it. It's terrible. 
Well, they do. And that's another important thing that I expose in my book. And it's not just how these never Trumpers are going after the president or his family or his administration. It's how they've gone after rank and file Republicans. David French, who uh, just condemns evangelicals for supporting Trump. Well, who else are they supposed to support? Right. Um, And then you have, you know, they were all in on the Russian collusion hoax. What I detail in my book is how never Trump conservative outlets were the first publications to start seeding and planting these stories about Russian collusion because they were hiring, they had hired Fusion GPS as late as uh, in late 2015 to start this phony concocted idea that the Trump campaign was in cahoots with the Kremlin. Mm -hmm. Then they went after Devin Nunes. Um, They tried as hard as they could to discredit him, to get him to step down as chairman of House Intelligence, and to stop the release of his February 2018 memo, which, as we know, was the first time the public really learned that the dossier was Democratic um, political opposition research. So they've gone after everybody in Trump world, not just the president. Um, And they're using the tactics and the language of the left to do it. There's nothing conservative about them. Oh, yeah. And I think that this concept of the real damage that they've inflicted upon the true conservative cause is evident when you think back. This is something that we don't talk about a lot, but I think back to the very beginning. Trump won. We're in. We got everything we need. We can make it happen. Uh, I remember having uh, breakfast with another pretty prominent Republican conservative, me and some of the guys here in the office. And we're just this is a week before the inauguration. We're like, all right. Here we go. Let's do it. We got, you know, we know what works. We're going to get it done. Da, 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 da. But you know what happened right away? It's like, oh, the Russians, I don't know. And, you know, and then and then they just all lost their backbone because they're like, well, it may be true. And the never Trumpers and all that. And so they really contributed to um, a level of kind of ineffectiveness that kind of set in early. But to Trump and the administration's credit, they just kept fighting and they got it done anyway. Which I always think now, I'm like, well, how much more could they have got done if these guys weren't in their way? You know, that kind of thing. That is a question for the ages. And that is why I write a lot about um, Senate Republicans who should be hanging their heads in shame for what they've squandered over the past few years. They would just imagine if instead of supporting the Robert Mueller investigation, they started exposing Barack Obama's corrupt Justice Department and FBI and the collusion that was really happening, which was the Democrats and Barack Obama, Joe Biden, as we now know, in those Oval Office meetings trying to set up the framing of Mike Flynn. What if they would have pursued that angle instead of the Mueller probe? We would be looking at an entirely different political climate right now. The Mueller probe wouldn't have happened. And you know what? They knew in early 2017, Charles Grassley, head of Senate Judiciary Committee, knew that the dossier was funded by the Democrats, that it was political propaganda, that all of this collusion was an imaginary crime. And instead of pursuing an investigation into that, which is an unprecedented scandal in American political history, they backed the Mueller investigation. Yeah, how about it? And I would tell you, too, I think that what happens is, and, and at least in their minds, too, and this is not my lame attempt to compare my life to what Trump went through, but I do remember when I ran and I kind of like was like, hey, I've never run for office, but I'm going to run for Senate. There were a lot of professional politicians who were like, who are you and why are you doing this? So you get, get in line, you know? And, and, 
And I think that that's exactly what happened with Trump. And a lot of these guys were like, whoa, 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 we didn't, we don't know who you are. And so even though we're conservatives and you're, and you've got a conservative uh, agenda, we're going to hang back. And that to me is, well, what are you doing in that job? You know, that's the, that's the root of conservatism. If you can't go in and do the right thing and lose your next election, then you probably shouldn't go in to begin with. That's such a great point, and I think that it is a problem with the Republican Party, and I do think that's why moving forward, even after Trump is gone, we are going to see, we're already seeing a much different Republican Party. I mean, look at what happened in Alabama this week. You had Jeff Sessions mm -hmm. lose, I mean, big time lose. Right. It wasn't even close. I think part of it was Trump's endorsement, but I also think it was a repudiation of Sessions his role in collusion, his recusal, which opened up the door for the Mueller investigation. Um, I just think Republican voters are not going to put up with that kind of cowardice anymore. That's, That's my right. Guess. That's right. And I'm I'm with you on that. I'm the ever optimist. And then one last thing I wanted to talk about, too, and uh, get your thoughts on this. I also think that something happened over time with the Obama piece. And, you know, he's so eloquent and he gives his great speech and he would just you know, speak things into existence that really didn't turn out, but he would just, you know, because he gave a great speech, everybody kind of got enamored with that. And it turned into this, how do you make me feel kind of thing? And that's the opposite of what conservatives do. I mean, it's fine if you feel great about what we're doing, but the reality is we got stuff we got to do to conserve the culture and move things forward and keep the American people free and all that stuff. And if these other people are like, well, Trump and the tweets and, you know, he's not the speeches aren't that great. And stuff. I, I feel like there was an element of that, too. And I, again, you know, anytime that uh, somebody that calls himself a Republican, true conservative starts talking that way to me, I'm like, well, what policy are you upset with? And, I, and I'm not saying I'm 100 percent with everything Trump's done. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm not far from it because of all the policies he's enacted. And so the tweeting and stuff like that, I just go, well, you know, the guy's not a professional politician and this is what he does and just deal with it because the American people, the Republicans elected him in the primary and now he's our president. What is the problem? And it's funny because now the same traits and the same behavior that um, people accuse Trump of, say the never Trumpers, they're acting even more worse, <laughs> even worse than right. he is. Right. right. So they don't like the way he talks. They don't like his name calling. They don't like his tweets. Okay, fine. But then they take it to a whole other level. Um, I mean, you know, they, when you're calling Trump voters and supporters racist for no reason or white supremacists, you're demanding our involvement in this race war. Um, you know, that those are the same kind of tactics that they've accused Trump of deploying. And they've taken it up to a new level. Um, and so that's another part of their hypocrisy aside from the fact they're not conservatives anymore aside from the fact that they have pivoted on all of their positions they're taking money from the left they're at, they're acting worse than what they accuse trump of acting like yeah how about it so lastly and then let's just you know trump's gonna win let's go with that uh what do you think is uh, what's going to happen to this crew uh once that happens um I don't know. They really, I call them political parasites. I have another article up this week that <laughs> right. details some Saw of their that. new funding. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they need Trump as their host, right? So without Trump, who are these people? They'll go into political obscurity. The Democrats want nothing to do with them. They're useful idiots for the left. When they're right. no longer, longer useful, they'll be uh, irrelevant. So who knows what will happen to them? Hopefully yeah. they'll 
business and go wash cars somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And if they don't, we'll have you, we'll keep having you back on and we'll keep bringing up all that they're doing and, and uh, make sure they get the, uh, the credit they're due for uh, all the, the underhanded things they've been doing. So Disloyal Opposition, there's the book. Make sure you uh, go out and get it. And then, you know, so getting the book, not to support too much of the leftist Amazon uh, piece here, where, where would you say people could go get it, Julie? I know it's funny. There are a lot of people who do not want to buy it off of Amazon. So you could get it in Bards and Noble, and you can also buy it at my um, publisher site, which is Encounter Books. Got it. Very good. Well, hey, it was great having you on. Uh, I'm sure we'll ask you to be back on at some point in the future. Give us an update of all that you're writing on and, and uh, where you see things going. But, uh, but thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.